0: Just the best literature. Hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. Well, I do have a comment that I would like to read you. And this is a very nice comment on the Churchill program. It says, Dear JBL, I would just like to let you know that I really enjoyed your program. Sir, your insight and info on Winston Churchill's persona gives me inspiration in the good fight that we fight. He had a non-negotiable attitude and he really had his focus on the end game of World War II. Winning, of course that was his end game. Thank you sir. God bless you and keep the programs coming. So it's always good to have those emails. Um we've been on fall break here at the college. I've been out of the studio for well about 12 13 days. My wife and I just returned yesterday, we're back from attending our annual fall church convention, and um, we see that fall convention as the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles and the last great day, and uh, if you know anything about the New Testament, if you've really studied it deeply, you know that Jesus Christ personally kept these days. If you don't believe me, you can go to the Bible, go to John chapter 7, and you'll see both these days listed. But anyway, during that time, I was able to meet and talk to a lot of members who listen to JBL regularly. Now, that makes my heart sing. <laughs> oh, It's so good to hear that. But anyway, a lot of people told me how much they really enjoy the program because it has helped them get back into reading and to reading just the best literature. And so, so that really is exciting. Now it's interesting, I guess I can go through an airport and I can, I was sitting out at a pool yesterday morning before I had to jump into the shower and head for the airport. And uh, there was this young family there. My my grandchildren were there, but then um, they had to leave for their plane and I just stayed there a little while. But this young family was there and their little boy was just absolutely adorable and he was actually smiling and saying hi to me and I just, I couldn't resist it. I just said, you know, he is a really a sweet little boy, and he's he's not afraid to talk to adults. And what they told me is we do not let him have access to electronic media. Now that was really excited. They said no cell phones. He's not allowed on an iPad. And they want him out there experiencing and talking with people. And it was really great. It was really good to see that. And of course, then I had to tell them about the the podcast and that there's about seventeen thousand people listening. So so I had to kind of promote that a little bit. But he was really excited to hear that. Then uh, we were in the airport in Dallas trying to connect to uh, come back to Oklahoma. And uh, this really sweet lady came up and was talking to my wife and I. And she was just really very open and curious. I guess we, we seemed like attractive to her because we just came back with our Florida tans. So we probably looked really good. Anyway... She was uh, asking what we did. And I said that I teach Shakespeare and English language literature and I have a podcast. And she went, what? You have a podcast and you take, you, you talk about Shakespeare and books? I said, yeah, it's called Just the Best Literature. And there we were in the airport having this major discussion on Shakespeare. And uh, she said, how do you like the new fangled Shakespeare? And of course, I told her I don't like it. And so she said that was good to hear because she didn't like it either. So anyway, it is interesting, but but she also said that she reads only the best literature. So I, I think it's exciting that there are people out there who still want to read just the best stuff. Now, um, here we are. We're in the middle of our series on biography. And it really is interesting to me to observe the process of doing a radio broadcast. Now, this current c- c- series that we're doing on biography... You know, I planned this months ago with uh, with some of the uh, station managers and everything. Now, it's really hard to know what's going to be happening in current events, but when we look back at our programs on reading the biography on Winston Churchill, it seemed to come just at the right time. Now. I also believe, all of you out there that are listening, I believe that you will find that reading Paul Johnson's George Washington, the Founding Father, will also have come at just the right time. Now, when we were down at our convention enjoying a lot of meeting old friends, meeting new friends, enjoying time with family, I think... um, one of the most disgusting things we all had to, to participate in or watch was this horrible, I think it was disgusting and deceitful travesty uh, afflicting our nation. And, that, and what I'm talking about is the character assassination of judge Brett Kavanaugh. Now, after a while, my wife and I just turned off the news. We just couldn't stand to watch it anymore. Now we know that, that the, uh, Fred Kavanaugh is a human being. He's got his flaws. He's got his problems. But really, his career as a circuit court judge has been nearly impeccable. And uh, we know that the liberal left does not want him because they are afraid he'll reverse some of the liberal ideas they've gotten through the Supreme Court. And so they know they can't attack his record, so they go after his character. None of it. None of the allegations, none of the accusations can be corroborated. I mean, it's just, it's just they can't be proved true. Now, I'm not well-versed in politics, but I don't think I necessarily need to be to see that our American government is really in trouble. And it really is. All the deceit and the lying and, and the, just the, the fabrication is just, it's just uh, crazy. But I really don't think there's a better time now to read about the moral character and the leadership genius of George Washington than right now. Remember, even as Paul Johnson says, now Paul Johnson is is English, um, but he says he is our founding father. He is the founding father of this country. He is the founding father of our political system. And I'm going to show you as we go through this program today that uh, that he really did not want to see partisan politics come on the scene he wanted one government not a monarchy he didn't want to you know be a a dictator he didn't want to have all the power but uh, he and those with him they set up a system of government that works and it really works for the people now even Mr. Stephen Flurry brought this out today on the Trumpet Daily um, talked about what's been going on with with Brett he's he's actually been talking about Judge Kavanaugh's problem problems with the liberal left for really more than one program but today he brought out that president trump considers these brett kavanaugh hearings as probably his greatest achievement because it is exposing the rank cancer afflicting our government and i think that's true i mean what if he had uh, not chosen say judge kavanaugh what if he had chosen a liberal well, all the liberals would have been excited. But but uh, we can see what we're facing. Now, George Washington and I believe the other founding fathers like Ben Franklin and a few other people that really worked on the U.S. Constitution, they worked diligently to prevent such events from taking place in this country. And they wanted to institute the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. But we have to see that 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 foundation of our government, that foundation of our freedoms, the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law, it's really just being ripped apart before our very eyes. And I think President Trump may be right, that he has really done more to expose this cancer than any other president. So today, what we want to do is we want to begin our discussion of George Washington, founding father. Now, I believe, I really do, listeners, I believe that reading this short biography Will help us see clearly The sad state of America And really I think it will help us see That only God can help us now I mean We really need a higher power To fix the problems There isn't anybody And uh, even a, uh, you know, President Trump Is doing some really good things But he can't fix it He can't fix it And it's going to take a higher power To fix this problem So what I want to do today is just, uh, I'm going to read some of Paul Johnson to get us into that. But then I also want to look at some interesting facts of George Washington's life. And uh, some of these may not be covered in um, Johnson, so I think it's good to, to, you know, cover them. But here's what Paul Johnson talks about just in the very beginning of the book. We're going to go to page one. And I want you to listen to this in... Context with what's happening in America, with what's happening, let's say with Brett Kavanaugh. Now they're going to go ahead and and go ahead and do their vote, and uh, of course um, you know everybody, even today with the, the FBI probe that they did, so shows that there's no um, you know no proof of sexual uh, misconduct on uh, Judge Kavanaugh's part and of course there, the you know the liberal magazines are coming out and saying oh uh you know this probe is uh you know the probe missed the most important part and that they didn't talk to the people uh making the accusations and and really it's just all you know a lying sham anyway but here's what paul johnson says at the very page 1 he says as the central actor in the american revolution George Washington was one of the most important figures in world history. And so so we have to see this. He was the most important figure in world history. As America's commander-in-chief throughout the eight-year struggle against Britain, he effectively liberated the 13 colonies from imperial rule. And now, one thing we have to understand is that it was the wrong use of imperial rule that George Washington was rebelling against. He, he was a government man. He he literally was English. I mean, he he grew up English. He grew up landed gentry in an English colony, and uh, you know he had no real desire to separate from England, but he believes that that the, it was the wrong use of imperial rule that forced this issue, and uh, it was really hurting the colonies. It says. Uh, it says, he then presided over the process whereby the new nation drafted, ratified, and enacted its federal constitution. Finally, for eight years, he directed the administration that put the constitution to work. With such success that, suitably updated and amended, it has lasted for nearly a quarter of a millennium. And so so here, um, you know, 250 years this constitution has worked. And yet, we have people in this country that want to rip it apart, get rid of it. They say it's it's a uh, too old of a, a document, and it's just the the um, the outlandish ideas of old white men. And of course, uh, none of the news media are saying what some people want to do to the old white men in this country, like uh, you know, kill them all. And that's what's being said. He said the revolution. And he's talking about the American Revolution. He thus led to success, was the first of a series that created the modern world in which we live. Its spirit was animated by the same love of representative government and respect for the rule of law that had produced England's unwritten constitution over many centuries. Thanks to Washington's genius, the spirit was successively transferred to the new American nation. And so so if we look at our rule of law, if we look at the fact that we even have a constitution that promotes personal liberties, it's because it's based on what happened in England. It's based on England's unwritten constitution. And it really does get back to the Magna Carta. But there are a lot of people even in England today that say, well, the Magna Carta is just an old fashioned document, it doesn't have any relevance to, to modern society when that's absolutely not true. Now, here's a good point that Paul Johnson makes. You know, the American Revolution sparked other revolutions, but here's what he says, and this is the quote. Subsequent revolutions in France in the 1790s and in Latin America during the following quarter century were marred by tragedies of violence and ambition that led to lasting instability in which the rule of law could not take root. This pattern was repeated all too often in the revolutions of the 20th century, whereby the peoples of Asia and Africa became independent. Throughout this whole period, however, the United States clung to the principles for which Washington fought and followed during his administrations. They enabled it to survive a near-fatal civil war to become the world's largest economy, to take the poor of the planet and turn them into the richest people in history, and finally, at the end of the twentieth century, to emerge as the sole superpower, there are people today that will say the u s Constitution doesn't work. That's a lie. the constitution u s Constitution worked and it's worked well and it look at what it's produced now, of course, we know that God has really blessed America, and it's God's blessings that really have made us the superpower but But notice, he goes on to say, at the beginning of the 21st century, the United States seems set to play the leading part in making the earth secure and democratic. In this immense process, then, Washington played and still plays a unique role, both as founding father and exemplar of moderation and wisdom. And so, so here's what we're going to be reading about, the, the character, the moral character of a man that has led an entire nation to be superpower and also that that the United States really could. Now, it's failing. It's failing radically quickly. But it could really make the entire earth secure and democratic. Now, we know in the future that's going to happen. But unfortunately, America is going to have to go through some really tough times and actually fail before we can do that. Now, Johnson goes on to ask, what sort of man was Washington and how did he achieve so much? There ought to be no difficulty in answering this question if documentation alone could supply an answer. Now, here's what's very interesting about George Washington. It's the same thing that Winston Churchill did. um, Johnson goes on to say, for more than a third of his life, he worked in the service of his country and all that he did is officially recorded in the National Archives on a scale no European state could then equal. The American nation-state was born in public, as it were, and minutely recorded. In addition, from age of about age 14, Washington deliberately preserved every scrap of paper belonging to him, including diaries, letters sent, and received. Accounts and day-to-day transactions. As he grew older, he arranged these papers in chronological order and by name and subject. He seems to have known from an early age in his career that he would be a figure in history and therefore wanted the record to be preserved accurately with the particular object of demonstrating that the offices he held were undertaken from duty, not pride. And so, so here... He documented everything. And we'll talk about this uh, through some of these facts. But so we know we, we, we have a lot of correspondence from Winston Churchill. Well, we have the same thing from George Washington. Now, some of it has had been like a little bit better translated because of, uh, let's say, 18th century, 17th and 18th century English. But anyway, we still know a lot because of George Washington recording things. And even in our last program, I said, I think all of us should keep journals to, to keep our own personal history, well, if not just for our grandchildren. But let's, let's just look at some facts now about um, George Washington to get you interested in reading this book. George Washington, it says here in biography, this is biography.com, that he was born on February 22nd, 1732. Now, it's interesting, if you go to some other sources, they'll tell you that that's really not true. And here's why. Let me just read this. So, so most people say he was born February 22nd, 1732. Now, this is from another website, and it's, uh, it's Mental Floss. Is the website, and it goes on and says, Washington was actually born on February 11th, 1731, but when the colony switched to the Gregorian calendar from the Julian calendar, his birthday was moved eleven days. Since his birthday fell before the old date for New Year's Day, but after the new date for New Year's Day, his birth was changed to 1732. So there was this big time when they, when they, uh, you know, switched calendars, and even Ben Franklin's life was affected by it. And so we'll just say that uh, that he was born in February. <laughs> and if we go with 1731, but we know he died on December 14, 1799. So he was born in Westmoreland County, Virginia, but he died in Mount Vernon, Virginia. And let's just say he was in his late 60s, probably around the age 67 or 60, 68. But the one thing that's interesting is We have to remember that George Washington really was and considered himself an English gentleman. Now, it it is interesting. His family, that did eventually come to North America, could actually um, uh, trace their roots all the way back to England and actually were known by Henry VIII. And this is what biography tells us. It says, the family held some distinction in England and was granted land by Henry VIII. And so you know they did have their, um, you know their their uh, royal connections, uh, but but it's interesting that the biography goes on to say much of the family's wealth was lost during the Puritan Revolution, and then in 1657 George's grandfather Lawrence Washington migrated to Virginia, so they they did uh, escape, um, let's say maybe poverty in England. They did come to the American colonies. There was a lot of promise here. Um but really there really is very little information about um George Washington's family in North America until George's father, Augustine, was born in sixteen ninety four. Now, Augustine was better known as Gus Gus Washington. Um but but remember in England they were landed gentry. They were they were the upper crust. They were they were the aristocratic peoples. And uh, when they came to this country, what they wanted to acquire most was land. And, of course, um, uh, George Washington's father did have slaves. He built mills. He grew tobacco. And he had a lot of interest in opening iron mines. And so so uh, uh, they were very productive people. And of course, they believed their wealth came from the land, and that's why they wanted to to amass this these uh, great acreages. Now, Gus's first wife, Jane Butler, died uh, very young in their marriage. Uh, they had three children. Uh, Augustine had to remarry. He he re- remarried Mary Ball in seventeen thirty one, and then George Washington was the oldest of this marriage. So Augustine and and. Uh, and Mary had six children, and uh, again George Washington was the oldest, and all of these survived into adulthood. Now that was that was rare at the time, and it was very very normal for um, you know men to marry more than more than one wife because of death. Um, it's interesting that the family lived in a place called Pope's Creek, and that's in Westmoreland County, Virginia, and uh, they became very prosperous they became known as the middling or what we would call, i guess we would call uh you know middle um middle income families but they were still wealthier than most uh Augustine moved the family up the Potomac River uh to another Washington family home it was called Little Huntington Creek Plantation but it was later named Mount Vernon and this is where uh George Washington spent much of his time of his, of his youth And of course, we know this was his family estate as well. And uh, um, it's, uh, I've never been to Mount Vernon. I would really like to go to Mount Vernon. I think the next time I go to Washington, D.C., area, I'm I'm definitely going to go see it. Even as Mr. Flurry, Stephen Flurry, has said in the Trumpet Daily, we need to know about these monuments and we need to know, um, you know, the, the founding fathers. I mean, can you imagine just being able to go back to, Uh, You know, for some of the Israelites to go back to Jacob's tomb and Rachel's tomb and see those things. Now, let's talk about his education. Um, Little is known about George Washington's childhood. And uh, this fact, I think, uh, made people make up all these fables. And, of course, um, one of the big ones was he cut down his father's cherry tree and then did not lie about it. That's just all made up. There's another one that says he threw a silver dollar across the Potomac. Um, you know, that's all made up. And so, so a- again, we don't know a lot about his childhood, but we do know that, uh, his early education, he was homeschooled. So all of you parents out there homeschooling, you know, be confident you could do a great job. You can still make a president with homeschooling. Um, but he did study under the local church sexton. Um, he learned practical math. He learned geography. He studied Latin. He studied the english classics um so so he he was given a good education now George Washington's father died when he was eleven uh he became the ward of his half brother lawrence and it was Lawrence that really um taught him let's say colonial culture and uh you know it was it was his uh stepbrother that really uh, got him schooled in maybe the finer aspects of life now uh George Washington uh became a great surveyor um, he was very much interested in in land in owning land he also realized um uh, when he was doing surveying he was always surveying in the western part of, of virginia and uh this this really piqued his interest in in uh in landholding, and he knew that the success of the country would be in colonizing west, and so so it is it is kind of interesting that as it, as a um, you know growing up um, you know he was he was a farmer he was a surveyor he loved the land and eventually his his land holdings were to increase to about eight thousand acres, so so he really did love the land. Well, that's all the time we have for today's program. Next time, we'll continue our discussion of George Washington, Founding Father. And uh, remember, our third and final book in this series is Hero, The Life and Legend of Lawrence of Arabia. Now, if you have not started to read George Washington, Founding Father, there's still plenty of time. You can find both books on Amazon. You can find used copies of the books at abebooks.com. And of course, you can also check your local library. So please write me any comments you may have to JBL at PCOG.org. You can follow JBL on Twitter at JBLiterature1. You can also follow JBL on Facebook. Simply search for Just the Best Literature. Remember, you can leave me a comment at Facebook. So until next time, keep reading.